long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> Two people made a podcast, and those people are me, Jack Kluth. And me, Lauren Worsher. <laughs> and this is Ravings and Reviews. That uh, was a very good intro. <laughs> I, I tried. I really tried this time. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, um, I guess right now we can introduce the fact that we have a special guest with us. Yes, Would you like um, to introduce yourself? Um, I'm Caitlin. I'm planning on majoring in film production. And recently I watched Back to the Future because it was Back to the Future Day the other day. Oh, oh yeah, nice, it was. Nice. Was it really? I think yep. so. Oh, October cool. 21st. 21st. Yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah. So if you weren't clued in by the wonderful intro that Jack did, <laughs> this, um, we are starting, officially starting our first series, I guess you could say, on the podcast. Yes. So Caitlin is going to be with us and we are going to be reviewing Star Wars. So today we've started with the first prequel, which is The Phantom Menace that came out in 1999. So this film was directed and written by George Lucas. Obviously, the the man is Star Wars, um, <laughs> among other things, and is produced by Rick McCallum and stars the likes of Liam Neeson, Natalie Portman, and Ewan McGregor, which very, very, very big actors for this movie. All sorts of big names. In this All movie. sorts of big names. You can't see me smiling under the mask, but I am just grinning from ear to ear. Um, <laughs> at the prospect of talking about this movie. Yeah, it's The minute it's you said fun. George Lucas, my my face just lit up. <laughs> this movie, man. Yeah, this movie. So we'll start off with kind of some first impressions. So, I mean, all of us, we've obviously seen this movie before, but what are some of your first impressions about it, like face value? Um, I saw this movie a long, long, long time ago when I was really young, um, and I really liked it back then. Like, the prequels are my favorite. Yes. When I was a kid. 100%. Attack of the Clones, that was my favorite movie. <laughs> um, it's been many a year since then, and it. I think it's fair to say my opinions changed just a little bit about the yeah. prequels. Um, maybe just a little bit. Uh, how about you guys? Caitlin, um, you were the one that recommended uh, this series. Um, what are your thoughts on Star Wars as a whole, um, and then uh, The Phantom Menace? Well, first and foremost, the prequels would have been way better without Jar Jar Binks. Oh, we can talk about that later <laughs> on, but yes. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole big rant tangent waiting to happen. <laughs> that's going to happen, yeah. I mean, the story's all right. I realized that they had limited stuff to work with because they were trying to explain the originals. Yeah. But mm -hmm. boy, did they hire somebody who couldn't write Oof. and didn't know how to do graphics or anything. Yeah, in case you couldn't pick up on my sarcasm at the beginning, this movie is 100% awful. It is yeah, so bad. Yeah, I mean, um, I can appreciate it for what it was. Like, just in the prequels in general, I can appreciate them for what they were trying to do, which was to explain the the three movies, the three Star Wars movies that already existed, like explain Darth Vader's origins, Luke and Leia's origins, basically making the movies that already existed make sense. But they didn't exactly, I, uh, I mean, they worked, like, from story purposes, but the execution of the actual movies themselves were a <laughs> bit weird. <laughs> <laughs> I guess then we can just kind of jump right into it. It's, this movie's not perfect. Like, it's, it's not, <laughs> it's... That's a wee bit generous. It's um. generous, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I always try to look on the bright side with movies because, like... You know, it, it takes a lot to make a movie. Like, it, a lot of money, a lot of time, a lot of... Especially a movie like this that's not set in the real world. Like, it's literally... It's Star Wars. Like, mm. it's set in space. This movie was <laughs> a success. It made yeah, all its money yeah, back. Exactly, um, yeah, exactly, yeah. And there has... And we can discuss this in greater detail later. But there is starting to be a renaissance, I think, of people that genuinely think the prequels are actually underrated and quite good. Um... And we can talk about that later. So I would say I'd say that Phantom Menace, um, it, it's it de it made its money back. People remember it. People <laughs> quote it. <laughs> People, People quote it. No one will ever forget this movie. So bravo, George. Yeah. Bravo. Yeah. They, they, yeah. He made this movie remarkably unforgettable. 
maybe not necessarily for the reasons that most people would have expected, but you are correct in saying that it is very hard to forget a movie like this. Um, I watched, because um, I had heard about this from another podcast I listened to online, I heard about this clip um, about George Lucas watching the first ever rough cut premiere of this movie with just him and his producers and editors. And I was like, oh my, I need to watch this. <laughs> it is one of the funniest things ever. <laughs> the pure amount of horror on George Lucas's <laughs> face. He's shocked by what he's created. And the producers are mad. They're telling him, they're like interviewing to the camera. We should have said no. We should have told him no, but we didn't. We let him do this. Oh, and no. George Lucas is talking to the editor saying, okay, well, we have four different incredibly emotional tones going on at the same time at the end of this movie. How can we fix it? And the editor's like, you can't fix it, George. This is the movie you wanted to make. This is the movie I had to edit for you. There's no way to edit around it. You can't, This isn't something oh you can God. fix in post, George. You have created this monster. <laughs> it is Dude. hilarious. And it's just this movie. Or is it, is it all the prequels or just this movie? I don't know what his reaction was to the other ones, but, but specifically this, is... this one, um, before the other two had even Ooh. come out, um, before it had even premiered in theaters, they wow. were watching it. Yeah. That is raw. It is <laughs> really funny. Ooh. Severely funny. God, I almost feel bad. Like, it's almost like, there's, wow. Yeah, there's an argument to make. I feel like I should feel... like this movie, but, like, it does have at least some redeeming qualities. Like, like we said, it's literally, like, unforgettable, and it's still very, like you said before, like, it's very quotable. There are many funny lines that are very fun to quote, and, uh, like, there, it, it's, it's still, it's still able to be remembered maybe not for the right reasons yeah but (laughs) (laughs) all right so i guess um if we're on the the topic let's say um of positives right now i have a just a tiny feeling that there's going to be a little bit more um negative to talk about in this movie so let's get our our few if any positives out of the way um caitlin is there anything you like about this movie or things that you think <laughs> the way you worded anything that. <laughs> that you no like genuinely like just like in your opinion like which oh my god <laughs> you, are there any elements that you like is there any like concepts that you think are cool um any like like anything I mean, I have to admit, I do like Ewan McGregor a lot. Yes, mm-hmm. he's probably the best rendition of Obi Wan. Yep, 100%. I agree. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's about it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I would say the the named actors do do a lot for these movies, like Liam Neeson, uh, um, Natalie Portman, Ewan McGregor. Like I, I might, I might. This might be a controversial statement, but I do think Natalie Portman does well in this movie. I feel like she. I don't know. I just I like Natalie Portman. <laughs> no, I like Natalie Portman too. I love um, Liam Neeson as well, and Ian McGregor. He is he is he is Obi Wan. Yes, like, he is. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess I've got about I've got about two or three positives. Um, number one, the score. Yes. Is beautiful. Okay. Yep. That, exactly. The score has no reason to be in a movie this bad. It is <laughs> fantastic. Okay. It is phenomenal i think everybody can i don't think anybody thinks the music is bad in this film no um, specifically songs like duel of the fates oh, oh god duel just of the incredible fates. yes um super good and it adds so much more emotion than this film has earned or deserves but when you put that music in the background it, it makes yes. you almost like want to care even though it's <laughs> almost impossible um so the music's great uh, what do you guys think of like the pod racing? Because I think that set piece is kind of good. Um, yeah, I mean, I felt like the pod racing scene was was one of the good or one of the better um, scenes in the movie that used. I think it used like a combination of like practical and CG stuff. Obviously CG because you can't have a child just like going around <laughs> in this in this just it wouldn't even work like it's no. it's not even like a feasible object to to drive no yeah. but i feel like that was one of the scenes that did that did well with the cg there are other scenes in this that are very there's some very very bad cg i stuff it is not <laughs> but yeah i feel like the pod racing scene does it well with that yeah so. um i will say 
the pod racing scene is by no means perfect. There's no. a lot of dumb stuff, and it's almost <laughs> it almost it almost ruins it. But the pod racing scene is just such a fun concept, and it's yeah, it fits that Star Wars kind of campiness. It does, um, yeah, really good. You know, not politics of trade routes and taxation, <laughs> which is what the other half of this movie is about. Yeah, when they're just yeah. doing a race. That's really fun, and it's easily the best part of the movie, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, what do you think of the pod race, Caitlin? Uh, I like the pod races a lot. You know, one of the comments that I made when I was watching this movie is that pod racing is like NASCAR, but cooler. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's NASCAR with less sponsors. Space NASCAR. <laughs> Thanks, NASCAR. <laughs> I Yeah, no, 100%. Uh, NASCAR, there's not people sniping at you from <laughs> the distant hilltops. Um, you can't uh, attach, you know, chainsaws to your... Uh, race car in nascar um yeah no i would agree i mean Um, this movie also does introduce a lot of like memorable characters too that don't really i mean obviously it introduces anakin skywalker um the qui-gon jinn uh, the young obi-wan kenobi um but i think i mean i really like darth maul too Darth Maul is really cool. Mm-hmm. I like him a lot. Yeah. And I mean, this is this is the only movie that he's in. Mm-hmm. Like he's this is the only Star Wars movie that he's in, which I feel like is a it's a crime that he's in one of the worst prequels, yet he's one of the coolest characters. Yeah. But I almost feel like they should go back and do like an origin story for him. Yeah. Or like I mean, they yeah. did one for Anakin. Why can't they do one for Darth Maul? <laughs> I mean, he just kind of shows up with Palpatine. Like yeah. he's there. Like we get no context of like who he is, it's like, why oh, yeah, he's have there. An apprentice. Yeah, he's he right looks. Here. He kind of just happened. He looks scary. He is absolutely. End of story. Scary. That's the only. That's the only thing he's got. Yeah. I I know. Like personally, Darth Maul doesn't do anything for me. When I was a kid, favorite bad guy ever. Well, yeah. So cool. He, he looks had the, cool. He had the freaking double-bladed lightsaber. Yes. It's just the coolest possible thing. That is one of the coolest lightsabers. It is. And right back, next to Kylo Ren's. Right. Like, right a- next to Actually, yeah. And back when this movie came out, they, you know, all the other lightsabers have just been straight sticks. So to see, like, a cool double-bladed one is just, you know, when you're a kid, it's like, oh, my God, this is the best character I've ever seen, ever portrayed in film. Um, and now a little bit. Um, he looks, his design is very scary. Yeah, um, like, I would love to meet the person who designed, like, his makeup and his design mm-hmm. and everything. Like, because it's really cool and very, very, very unique. The The whole visual style of him um, is very nice. It's very, that's, it's what makes the character. Because let's say that he had just had a question mark, CGI inserted over his character for the whole movie. <laughs> no one would remember Darth Maul. I'm sorry. He's got like ma- I, he's got about two lines in the whole film. Yeah. And he probably takes up a total runtime of about 6 minutes being generous out of this two and a half hour long movie. That's true. Yeah, that's I mean, but he is also like those like 6 minutes like he's doing a lot. Like he's he's fighting with lightsabers, is, and then yeah. he does eventually like make one of the like biggest change. Like I don't know. Spoiler warning. We we should have said this before, but yeah, this is spoilers <laughs> for the for um the Phantom Menace. Um, he does kill Qui Gon Jinn. So, which is also really sad because I liked Liam Neeson in this movie. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. The The scenes that he's on screen are extremely um, and I think that's Yeah, and I think that's the reason he's so memorable, is that even though he doesn't have that much screen time, like, he's for the things that he did and, like, the, the cool things that happened while he was on screen, people remember those scenes, therefore remembering him. You're right. He's kind of like the savior of the movie. Because the minute you see... <laughs> Yeah, the minute you see him, you go, oh, my God, something cool is going to happen. We don't have to, <laughs> yeah, we don't have to listen exactly. to trade negotiations and signing a treaty contract between two planets that I, quite frankly, don't care about. I get to see cool lightsaber stuff. And that's like the effect on the movie that he has for me. Like they're like when they're running through the ship room and then all of a sudden the doors open and there's and, and there's Darth Maul. And then you start to hear Duel of the Fates playing. You're like, it's happening. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. This movie's like getting they, good. Like how they slow that scene down by having yes. all those doors oh my and god then, yes and then, um obi-wan gets stuck behind one of the doors oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah there's a there's a series of laser doors um as they're dueling they go through a series of these laser doors which again 
Like, why are they there? Like, why? Why are they? What's their function? What's their purpose? I don't know. It leads to a coolish scene. Um, I don't know why they're there. (laughs) Yeah, you're like, why? Protect the endless pit at the end. Yeah, the (laughs) the literal endless pit. The the literal just bottomless pit. Yeah, yeah, and um, what happens is Obi Wan gets stuck behind the last set of um. Uh, laser doors, and he watches his mentor, his mentor. Uh, die in front of him. Yeah, honestly, that seems <laughs> really sad, and I felt I felt really bad. Like I was just like, wow, like Obi Wan. Obi Wan didn't have a huge part in this movie. I mean, he was mostly there just kind of to be established as Qui Gon's apprentice and then mentor to Anakin Skywalker, um, but. I mean, he still had an impact on what was going on. Mm-hmm. So I mean, he ended up killing Darth Maul. So yeah, you can, yeah, he did. Yeah, I yeah, but I will agree with you. Um, his impact in this movie compared to the other prequels, I, he's the least interesting in this one. I feel yeah. like because Qui Gon kind of takes center stage mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, so yeah, like you said, um, when you get to see him kind of step up and take the place of Qui Gon. Uh, that's really when he starts to come to the forefront of the prequels, I'd say. Yeah. Okay, do we have any more positives, or should we maybe take a break and then come back for the negatives? <laughs> um, uh, anything? Anything? Do we like any of the city designs, character designs? Yes, we should talk about that. I do I do like the designs of, like, they. This this movie does use, like, their extras really well. And, like, they, they, do, they do do a good job of, like, making... Um, of making everything feel very uniform and feeling like you're like they're actually in the action. Mm-hmm. Like the the set design of this movie is very good. Like when like going back to the pod racing scene, like when they're when they're going around and like doing going through all these different landscapes, like they look super cool. Mm-hmm. And like you're you're going through the town and looking at all like the different the different shops and different people that are there. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. I like them a lot. Did you guys ever play the uh, the Lego Star Wars games? Yes, um, those were kids? my entire childhood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, same here. Um, the the set design, like you said, and just the overall look and world of the film. And I shouldn't say look because it looks pretty bad. But <laughs> some of the concepts for the buildings and the way different planets look, I do like. Um, it's like, yeah, this is Star Wars. Like, you see it and you go, oh, yeah, that's a Star Wars planet right there. And I don't know if that's just because of my, like, um, devout love of the prequels when I was young and also playing that video game. Yeah. Um, running through the different levels, um, of the prequels in the video game, um, has really ingrained them and seared them into my brain. Basically. Um, Like, as soon as you see, like, the rounded houses mm -hmm. or, like, or they're, everything's just in dirt, you immediately think, oh, Star Wars. Right, right. Um, but I do think that some of the designs of the different planets and cities, I think there's some nice stuff there. Oh, yeah. Um, it doesn't always come out as good as you might hope. But, um, no, yeah, I'd say the production design um, yes, is the... decent. Decent. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, we're, we're ending on decent in terms <laughs> of quality for this movie. So um, we're going to take a quick music break, and we will be right back to discuss more of this groundbreaking film. Woo. All right, we are back. We're and back to make fun of a movie. We are back to finally talk about some of our negative gripes with the Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. Um, so where do we want to start with this? If you don't mind, I would like to um, say my first point because it is literally the opening crawl of the movie. <laughs> I, I, had, I took issue with the opening crawl of the movie. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, no, no, just hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Um, this movie has the most boring opening crawl of all time. Is it longer than all the others? It's not longer, but it says nothing. Um, the last pa- the last sentence, two Jedi are sent as ambassadors to investigate blah blah. That's the only interesting part of the whole thing. It opens with turmoil has engulfed the Galactic Republic. Strong start. <laughs> okay. You're setting up that things are not looking good, so therefore conflict can arise. Okay? Looking good. The taxation of trade routes to outlying star systems is in dispute. And that's where it all falls apart. (laughs) It is the most boring opening. What kid cares about the taxation of trade routes to outlying star systems 
that are in dispute. It's like, just give me some lightsaber battles already. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Like, like uh, just something other than space politics. <laughs> it feels like they were trying to cram in, like, a government lesson. Yeah, yeah. Like, kids watch Star Wars, but they know nothing about the government. Here, let's mix them. Yeah, let's, <laughs> like... yeah, let's shove heavy political undertones into this Star Wars movie. <laughs> um, while Jar Jar oh Brinks God. runs around one scene, we can then cut to the importance of democracy and anti-corruption <laughs> in the government system no we're gonna we're gonna implant these kids minds they're just gonna be laughing at jar jar but really we're gonna be learning all about the dangers of i don't even know what i don't even know what george what were you going oh for here, man? yeah like i remember like the the entire like council meeting scene that like even though we i mean we talked about this before like the setting of that entire like council room is very cool like them all in the pods and stuff like that but, oh, my God, it is the most boring scene in the movie. Yeah. Like, they literally is just, like, they're just yelling, or, like, they're just yelling back and forth, like, we should not do this, blah, blah, blah. And then someone's like, we do not allow this person to speak right now. You're like, yeah. what is going on here? Like, like it's like a courtroom drama. Yeah. Like, in the middle of this Star Wars movie. I don't know, Caitlin, did any of the, the space politics really connect with you in any uh, way, shape, or form? No. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. God, I, wish, answer, I wish they no. would have taken that out. That that part of it is so boring. It is. And it's it... what it's what dragged this movie down, I think, is what that boring like space politics subplot. Big time. Mm-hmm. Big time. That's what the whole plot is really centered around. Um and it it diverges massively when they get to Tatooine. Mm-hmm. Um it's like the whole middle of the movie kind of just it just drops the the political war going on and we're just focused on this little pocket of Tatooine. Yeah, it feels like a weird roller coaster. Like you start off like in the middle, then it kind of drops a little bit when they're talking about the politics for the first time. Then they land on Tatooine and then then it goes back up with like the pod racing and everything. Mm-hmm. Then it dro- then it just dives when it gets yeah. to there and then it gets back up with like the duel of the fates part. Mm-hmm. So, it's just a weird a weird roller coaster of emotions that we we experience. I don't know of... if you guys noticed, but um, when they're panning to the right, I believe it is, there's two CGI characters that look like E.T. Oh, I have oh, heard about that Easter egg. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I've ever seen that before, but I've heard of it, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, in that big council yeah. area, yeah. yeah. Nice. <laughs> Caitlin, would you like to talk about Jar Jar Binks now? Oh, it's my favorite thing to complain <laughs> about. <laughs> All right, we're going to talk about Jar Jar Binks now and why this character is... Possibly in... the worst character yes. ever put on the silver screen. Probably. <laughs> it's one of the biggest reasons why I don't like this movie. <laughs> Take it away, Caitlin. Take it away, Caitlin. <laughs> well, I just want to start out with the comment that I wrote the first time I saw Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> Which was, every time he talked or was on screen, I died a bit. <laughs> that is extremely accurate. How did you make it to the end of the movie? <laughs> just, just, just completely, just mentally, just brain dead. You're like, I don't, I, I don't. <laughs> probably took 20 years off of your life. Yeah. I'm... <laughs> yeah, like every, like his way of speaking is just so strange. And mm-hmm. we were talking about this walking here. You said that they made it like in... For to like to be a character like Yoda. Yeah, Yoda. You know, since a lot of people liked Yoda, they're just like, hey, we're gonna make a character kind of like him. You know, with the, the weird language thing, but he's also like a cool creature. But they, they didn't fail miserably. Didn't well. Yeah, that that guy ain't cool. He's no. a lot of things, but he ain't cool. <laughs> I love Yoda in the original movies. He's so funny. He's yeah. a little like hermit, and but at the same time, he's like the knower of all things. The Prometheus. He knows everything. And Jar Jar's just a nuisance. Jar Jar is just one screw up after another. <laughs> oh my god. I almost feel bad because I'm like, I mean, at least he's trying. Like he's doing his best, but he's just not he's just not. <laughs> like, Are you talking about the actor or like the oh, no, no, literal no, no. character like, in the, the, the film? Little, the literal character of okay. Jar Jar Banks. Like, he's he's trying. Like, he's he's doing his best. Like, he's trying to be grateful to Qui-Gon for saving him when he almost died at the hands of of, of um, droids. But, like, n- no. It, Jar Jar made me not like this movie. It's just... 
the way he speaks, mm-hmm. the way he speaks. I wrote down some of my favorite Jar Jar quotes of the film, oh, if you'd like to hear them. There were way too many to oh. even remotely Are you going to. to do them in a voice, or are you going Would to you just like read them? Would you like me to them? do them in a voice? I don't know if I should say yes. <laughs> going through the planet core. <laughs> Bad bottle. <laughs> no! No! <laughs> Number one. It does. What's a Lisa saying? <laughs> Number two, number three, well, that smells stinkerworth. And number four, my my personal favorite, when he walks into the spaceship and sees all the astromech droids standing in the corner. Hello, boyos. (laughs) Hello, boyos. Boyos. It's a classic line. Boyos. (laughs) It is atrocious. There's also, my give up. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. Not give up. My give up. Oh my god. It, yeah, no. It, the way he speaks is like, it's almost like nails on a chalkboard. Oh, it really is. You're just kind of like, stop talking. <laughs> what? Not just him, though, because when they go down to that planet and like Jar Jar's talking to the other people, that old conversation, I don't think I understood a word no, of it. No, yeah. yeah, like whenever he's talking to another Gungan, like you can't understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. And then they always end, they always end the conversation with like, rah, 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 yeah, or something like that. Just around. shaking their just, just mouths and you're like, ew, please. Yeah. <laughs> Gross. Yeah. Um, there was a, speaking of weirdly jarring voices, how about the Viceroy? Viceroy Gunray. Oh, yes, Viceroy. <laughs> Their voices are so strange. Yeah. Like, they're just, they, just the way that they say things is just so unnatural. And I mean, I get it, they're not like humanoids, mm-hmm. but still, like, the, the Senate. <laughs> like, they just, yeah, yeah. It's the, their the voices Senate. are just the, the, the Senate. <laughs> Need the approval of the Senate. You're like, what are you saying? Yeah, they have really weird, like, fluctuations on different parts of the word. Yeah, it's um, almost like they, they emphasize they, uh, they emphasize the wrong parts of their, of their sentences. Yeah, yeah. And I think, yeah, that's the most unnerving thing. You're just like, why, why would you put so much of a lilt in your voice at the most unimportant word? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, their their mouths also. Um, oh my! Because the uh, I don't even know what creatures they are. Um, the viceroy, the these guys, they just look like really ugly lizards that are standing up. Um, and their mouths, they're not CGI. Funny enough, but their mouths. Um, so their the mouths are mechanic, and they don't even one time sync up with anything they're saying. No. It is really bad. They might it's as like, well just sit with an open mouth. Like it's like a bad like. <laughs> English dub over like an anime movie or something. Oh my god! Um, that's more of what it's akin to than anything even remotely legible. Yeah. Oh, just yeah. I feel like I would enjoy this movie more if there weren't as many like jarring voices that you that like are borderline unable to understand. Uh, like there's jarring also jarring voices. God. <laughs> I was gonna say there's also Watto. Oh yeah, Watto's Watto's voice is not good. Watto's a classic character. Watto is a very classic character. <laughs> also still very strange. But yeah, no. I mean he he's at least like like his voice is at least um able to like you can understand it some of the time. With like Jar Jar and the other guys, like you're just like what? What are you saying? Like you, you what you're saying makes absolutely no sense to me. Watto annoys me infinitely less than Jar Jar. Exactly. I'd go as far as to say that Watto is one of my favorite characters in the prequel movies. I mean, yeah, he he's, is he's funny, hilarious. Yes. What on earth was George thinking with that character? Him, him and his little wings. His like little his... wings. His like weird like. Five o'clock shadow. Oh, his ugh. elephant trunk. Yeah, you're like, what? Like, who designed that character? Yeah, it's yeah, it's like part elephant, part insect, part. I I don't even know. Just like, like weird motel owner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's yeah, it's just very very strange. Like some of like some of the designs of the characters in this movie, some of them are very notable, but others are just borderline strange. Yeah, who would you say your least favorite character is? Would you have to go with Jar Jar, or yes. is there anyone that infuriates you more? No, Jar Jar's the worst. <laughs> if you if let's take Jar Jar out of the equation, 
What would you say the second most annoying character is? Um, well, the one you were just talking about, I forgot his name already. Watto? Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I could just imagine the pitch meeting for that character. All right, so I need a character that's a mixture of three things, but also really ugly. Oh, okay, George. <laughs> okay, George. <laughs> yes, George. <laughs> Thank you. We've got this. We believe in you. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I I hate to call him an annoying character, but Jake Lloyd... The kid, the kid tries. He's, I mean, he's not among the best kid actors, but you can still, you can still, you can still note that he tried. I appreciate you trying to put a positive spin on this. Yes, well, because I can't, no. I, okay, I'm not going to bully Jake Lloyd. Of I was co- going to, yeah, I was going yeah. to going in because, well, I was going to like say something about it going in. But then I was looking for more, um, I was looking for trivia questions for the end of this episode. And I found out that he literally retired from acting after this role because he was bullied. You stole my trivia oh. question. I was gonna oh, ask no! you. I was gonna ask you what actors suffered like ment- or emotional trauma after yeah. the filming of this movie. Apparently, when he'd go to school, kids would make fun of him for his uh, performance. When he'd walk down the hall, they would make lightsaber noises at him. Um, yeah, that's like terrible. He, what? How old was he when he filmed this? Oh boy, I haven't. Like I nine or ten. Yeah, I'd say like yeah. Yeah, probably around there. I would feel terrible. No, it's it's awful what happened to him. He developed schizophrenia actually. Oh um, my god! Adult, yeah, it's, no, it's very sad. We're not going to bully Jake Lloyd. He's, no, no, he's a good kid, and he. I mean, granted, like being a child actor is extremely difficult. Mm-hmm. I find, like, if I if I did acting as a child, which, I mean, I I did, like, theater when I was younger, and I, I still do theater now, but, like, if I was, if I did, like, acted in movies and stuff when I was younger, like, that was, that's, like, a, a really, really hard thing to do. It like, with all, with all the pressure of being on set, like, have, like, all, with everybody around you, like, it, it's a really, really hard job, and you have to, you have to give credit where credit is due. Yes, ob- objectively. He delivers some of the worst line deliveries in the movie. Yes, but he's he nine does. years old. But he's yeah, he's you nine. You would ex- you would expect the least experienced out of any situation to give the worst performance. So you're right. It's not fair to bully him for how objectively not good he was in the film. But uh, you're like but, you said, yeah, he was he's... he was a baby. <laughs> he was yeah, he's a literal baby, and you're like, I I mean, you almost feel bad even bringing up the fact that like his line delivery wasn't great. You're just, you just kind of want to give him like a pat on the head and be like, it's okay, buddy. Like, well, you did great. It's almost cruel that all the producers and the directors and the acting, acting coaches like allowed this to happen because that that's on them. If, yeah. he, if he's not giving a good enough performance or, you know, they know that this isn't good, that he's going to face like backlash and he's going to have to deal with this for the rest of his life. So for people to put him in this situation and then nobody um like is like hey george listen we if we keep this kid he is going to ruin his life people are going to mock him endlessly because it's not exactly like you know it's not a subtle um bad line delivery every line it's literally sounds every like line. a middle school play it's every line yeah you'd be surprised how often that happens with kid actors though because the girl who played morgan stark in endgame she got bullied right after Endgame came out, too. Really? Oh, my god! Uh, Judy Garland, who's from Minnesota, yeah. also. Oh, isn't is she the, the Wizard of Oz? Yeah, Wizard, yeah. Of, Dorothy, oh, the Wizard yeah. of Oz. She got bullied, too. Yeah, she she had a rough like, life. As much as I know people want to include child actors, it's not the best idea. No. Yeah, um, unless they've, unless they've like, been, they've done it before. Like, I, I feel like, is this, like, Jake Lloyd's first and last? Or, was, or did he do movies before this? Oh boy, I want to say it was his first and yeah, probably last. Yeah. I don't yeah, think yeah, he did he, a whole lot. Yeah, he he said he he retired after this movie. Like he he re- he completely like stopped acting after this. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, it's hmm. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, yeah, we already talked about like the other the other characters that we can bully for Yeah, we're allowed delivery. to bully the adults. We're we're allowed to I mean, yeah, <laughs> maybe not necessarily. <laughs> but <laughs> Bully's the wrong word. <laughs> bully, yeah, bully is the wrong word, but yeah, I almost feel like the the three named actors make this um they make this a much more palatable watch, like with line delivery and acting and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it is um 
it is nice to watch Liam Neeson uh, yes. perform Qui-Gon Jinn. He's such um, a good dad. He, he's such a good dad. He's a good dad. <laughs> he's a good dad, and he's not going to see his poor little son grow up to be a Sith Lord. But you know what? It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, how did he get it so wrong? Well, yeah, there's, you know, I, oh, he, he was like, threw yes. a, the overlord down a pipe, so he technically brought balance to the Force. But then that complicates things even more when you bring in the sequel trilogy. Yeah. Doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Kind of ruins that arc, um, which is a whole giant can of worms that we're not going to discuss You're in like, this episode. You're like, Qui-Gon, but... if you had just left the kid, the galaxy would be fine. Yeah, Qui-Gon really messed up. <laughs> I think Qui-Gon, Qui-Gon really messed up here. Yeah. <laughs> As we just got that saying, yeah, Liam Neeson's a good guy. We like him in this movie. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I also feel bad for Anakin's mom. Yeah. Shmi. Like, yeah, Shmi. <laughs> she, she's so loving. She she gives so much for her son and, like, just wants the best for him and literally stays in slavery so that her son can train to be a Jedi. Mm-hmm. That is so much dedication. And then she just, like, the, like Tusken Raiders kill her. And yeah. you're like, what? <laughs> you're like, that's not okay. <laughs> it's kind of funny that you mentioned the mom because one of the things that I wrote down when I was watching this movie is that um, mom lets random man that she's only met for a few days take her son because he won him from a white race. <laughs> oh, yeah. That is... Oh, no. That's a little sketchy. That is, is Yes, really it is a sketchy. little sketchy. But, like, you can tell, like, her intentions are pure. She's just like, take my son away from this terrible place where all people do is gamble and put people into slavery. And he misbehaves and I can't handle it anymore. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> he's building... He's building people, like... <laughs> We haven't even talked about the droids, R two D two and C three PO. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like the little destroyer dudes and yes. the ones that are on the dark side. I don't know what their actual name is, but like the tan colored ones. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, those... just regular battle droids. Yes, yeah. I, I love those guys. Those guys are really funny. Yeah. Yes. I love the to, like, battle. The yeah. Like the, the clones <laughs> are not funny. Yeah, no. Well, they don't say anything. <laughs> that is true. They don't say anything. Until, the droids like, the say sequel. the droids are made, like funny. They're like hands up or like they yeah. they, they, they like make funny noises. Roger, Roger. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would also say we we were talking about the score earlier, but there is some weird sound mixing in this movie. Oh yeah, very strange. Mm-hmm. Like if there's any, I w- I was thinking about this as I was watching this movie. I was like, wow, if there's any two sounds that I can associate with the Star Wars movies, it's stock children sound footage oh that was really bad and and the wilhelm scream the wilhelm scream is great yes it, but it's like an in joke like everybody it's an in joke yeah, yeah. The, but that, the stock children footage the that, stock children sounds they do they have the audacity to use the exact same sound effect which has been used in hundreds of other movies they have the audacity to not only use it not just record regular children laughing they use it twice Almost within the same yeah. minute. Like it's it's like it's like this kid's laughing like ha 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 and then like Anakin stops and says some things to his little like his little friends on Tatooine and then they use the same exact sound effect again. I know And you're like, who who decided that? I know, um and you know, now that I'm trying to think about it, I won't be able to remember anymore. I know <laughs> for a fact that that sound effect was used in Nemo as well. Yeah. Um, that exact same children laughing sound. Um it's just something that it just feels lazy. Yeah. Um, well, I mean that. I mean stock footage is like. I mean, if it's like a if it's a stock sound effect, then I guess it's like it's that that's kind of what it's supposed to be used for. Like it's supposed to be like filler for if you need if you need something that you that you like forgot to record or you're adding it in post or whatever. Right. But still, like you could have maybe at least found another different sound effect rather than use yeah. the same one twice. Yeah, stock sound effects are totally legitimate, especially yes, when yes. you have a smaller budget or you just don't have access to the materials to get certain sounds. But can't really say that's an excuse here. Yeah. They had millions of dollars. Yes, they did. Millions of millions of dollars. And then to put something that like unprofessional in it, it was just really distracting. Yeah. Like there are there are also some lines in this movie, or there there there's some lines and like sounds that are very clearly overdubbed. Like yeah. there are like especially some of the some of Jake Lloyd's lines and some of the um some of the um lines with 
actors that are wearing like like huge prosthetic masks Mm -hmm. and obviously a lot of the um the the cg characters are all overdubbed because they're not necessarily real um but there's just one there was the one gripe i had with the sound of this movie this we talked about it there is an amazing score for this movie why is there no music during the pod race until the very end i'm gonna be real with you here I really like that choice. You did? I like the sound design of the pod racers. Really? It's kind of cheesy and camp, but that's what Star Wars is in my opinion. Okay. I like okay, the I get fact that. that they don't have music in that scene. It gives it lets them, you know, experiment around with this kind of, you know, you know, the different sounding engines and the explosions and honestly when the music comes in, it makes it like more like cheesy in a way to me. I yeah. it is the climax of the scene, but I like. I really. I was gonna mention that actually. I just feel like they could have done what they did with like Duel of the Fates in the um, like like at the end of the movie, like where they use the um the music not as like a soundtrack, but as just like ambiance for the um for whatever's going on. Like in in the pod racing, you're just getting like engine noises and random alien sounds. Yeah. <laughs> just random alien grunts. You're like, I could use at least a crumb of other sound here. Mm-hmm. Like at least a little bit. Like if it, even if it was just like super quiet, like anything. I just need anything. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Cause I, yeah. yeah. I would have to say I disagree. I kind of like that there's no music in there. And I, I do not want to be the defender or the advocator of the prequels. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I just, yeah, I don't know. It's not even like great sound design. I just kind of like no, it. Yeah. I guess we were kind of talking about it earlier, but I, um, we can kind of go around. What is your favorite quotable line from this movie? Doesn't have to be a Jake Lloyd line. Just could be any, any quotable line. <laughs> Caitlin, do you want to, Start first, or do you maybe, need to think? Maybe you can start first. I gotta figure out which one it is. I was gonna say I wrote down a list of my favorites as well. If I have to pick one, if you do a Jar Jar one, I'm going to. No, it won't again. be a Jar Jar one. He doesn't have the best lines in the movie. <laughs> um, I it would probably have to be the. Are you an angel? Oh my um, god, we didn't even talk about Jake that. Jake Lloyd's line. We were gonna talk about that. Yeah, we were, we, were, we literally talked about it during our break. Padme and and um, Anakin. Anakin's relationship. Uh, uh, like you're it progressively gets worse it does it progressively gets worse like you're you're looking at this kid who's talking to this woman who's what did you say like she's 18 and she's 18 and he's like 10 there is way too big of an age gap there and yeah the first thing he says to Padme is, are you an angel? <laughs> that, that, I think that's the worst line in the entire movie. Yeah, and then he follows it up with, "You." That's what that's what people say is like angels are the most beautiful creatures in yeah. the whole galaxy. You're like, yeah. thanks for calling her a creature. Yeah, it's really, it's just cringe. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was the line I laughed the hardest at. I mean, um, you have to cut the kids some slack. The only other woman he's known is probably his mom. Yes. Okay, that's true. That's very yeah. true. I would say if I was to pick my favorite quote, it would have to be around like the like where he's like testing out the thing and just going, "It's working!" It's oh working. yeah, yeah. When he's getting the pod racer fired yeah, up, cause yeah. Because like that's I think that's one of his lines that has the most kind of energy to it. Like most of his lines are very stated like facts and not a lot of like emotion behind it but this one he does and he's like it's working like he's <laughs> yeah he's just very cute and funny and i like him for that yeah um you got one caitlin um i remember c3po's line like when they first turn him on i remember I'm, that being pretty funny but i forget what the quote was now like, oh, dear. human <laughs> cyborg relations maybe it's not that one then <laughs> I don't know. This whole movie's a blur. Yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll have to we'll have to think about that for the next couple of prequels because the prequels are very very quotable movies. I mean, we walked into the studio today quoting lines from the prequels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because like they it does have some very very good scenes and very infamous scenes. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's a reason that Star Wars has has stayed relevant for this long. Yeah, so. it is 
I, I would say with the prequels, it was not for the intended reasons. Yeah. But no, yeah, it, it is. People talk about this movie, man. This is never going to be something that's forgotten. Um, be that for better or yeah. for worse. Um. <laughs> Anyone else got anything to add on the panel here about anything, gripes, positives about the movie? I mean, just a quick little thing. Like, I'm pretty sure if you were to take Qui-Gon Jinn and Thor and look at him from behind, you wouldn't be able to tell which is which. Yeah. Qui-Gon Jinn and Thor? Yeah, because they both got that <laughs> braided thing in the back. Yeah, they do, Oh, don't yeah, they? they do. Huh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. It's kind of a weird thing. little factoid. Yeah. Um, Caitlin, I actually have a question for you. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Just panic? Um, no, no, don't worry about it. So... Um, right when we started off the podcast, you were very eager to talk about Jar Jar Binks, and I don't blame you. He's awful. <laughs> so, that being said, if Jar Jar Binks was not in the movie at all, he was completely removed, how much more would you like the movie? Do you think that he ruins the entire thing and is the main reason that it's bad, or would you say that hmm. there's so many other negative aspects that just removing him doesn't fix anything? Well... With this particular movie, I think removing him wouldn't necessarily fix anything, but, like, if you removed him from the prequels altogether, it'd probably be better, because at least the second and third movie are a little bit better than the first movie, whereas the first movie's like, oh yeah, we're gonna put politics, and we're gonna put a forced love story, and, oh yeah, people are gonna die that are (laughs) not important to the story, I guess, now. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, I guess with that, we're going to take our second break, and then we're going to come back and do some Star Wars trivia. Heck yeah. See you guys in a minute. All right. We are back, and it's time for some trivia. We are ready for trivia. But before, I just have to say um, thank you, Caitlin, um, for recommending that we watch Star Wars movies. Um, Yes. We've been watching horror movies um, because of spooky season, obviously. Mm-hmm. So it's really nice for someone to recommend a comedy for us to watch. <laughs> um, it's very refreshing. Very refreshing. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did then. All right, let's get on with the trivia. I, right. I also apologize, Jack. I completely nullified one of your one of your trivia questions oh, by yeah, talking about it on the podcast. I was going to ask who suffered severe emotional trauma. Jake but... Lloyd. Oh, that poor kid. Okay, I, I will start then. I will start with my question. Okay. So, um, do you know the improv show, Whose Line Is It Anyway? Yes. Okay. This movie has a cast member from that improv show among its lengthy cast. Who is it and what do they play? Oh boy, I don't. Oh, I can try and guess what character. Are you talking the original cast of Whose Line or the cast that they have now? Um, I guess I can say he he's not like. I mean, it has like a very very, um, a very varying cast. But it it is one of the um. He was on the original Whose Line Is It Anyway with with Drew Carey. Oh boy. Yeah, I don't know any of, like, the cast by name. I'm just trying to think of a character that it might have been. Um, was it the two-headed announcer? It was. Oh, I got it. It was Greg <laughs> Proops. He plays Fode, which is the English-speaking pod racing announcer. Okay. So, um, Greg Proops also does um, Disney Channel work. Like, I, th- I believe he just he just started to be, or at least was in a... Um, a Disney Channel um, comedy recently, but I don't remember the name of it. But yeah, he's a funny guy, and I, I googled it because I was I was listening to it, and I'm like, that guy's voice sounds really familiar. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm... then I googled it, and I'm like, oh, I know that guy. <laughs> yeah, I, I do you know like any of the other movies that he was in, like off the top oh, of your head? Because you're right, oh. he does sound really familiar. I don't really watch that much of Whose Line Is It Anyways. Usually, just in school, I would see clips of it. Um, no, yeah, he does sound familiar. Yeah. I wonder if, because obviously he's a star on an improv show, I wonder, like, if George Lucas gave him a script or if he was just improving. I wonder. I mean, definitely. I mean, the, the guy can improv. He is very funny. I've seen numerous clips of Whose Line Is It Anyway on YouTube. It, very, very good at what he does. Would you say that you guys like the two-headed announcer? Like, his inclusion in I the do. pod race? I do. I do. I mean, it's definitely it definitely adds to the kind of campiness of the pod racing scene okay. and like of Star Wars, but I mean, it's it's still very funny. Mm-hmm. 
I'm looking at, I'm trying to find a, I'm looking up Greg Proops's, um, <laughs> um, what is filmography? Oh yeah. Um, it doesn't look like anything other than like small roles and like sitcoms. Okay. Um, like Disney, Nickelodeon, that kind of stuff. But he is definitely he's very very talented guy. Yeah. So, do you want to go next? Sure. All right. Um, who missed the NYC premiere of this film due to schooling? Oh, I know. I'm. Mm. Do you want to take a guess? Um, if I had to guess, it's the guy, either the guy who plays young, An- or the kid who plays young Anakin, or Natalie Portman, because those two would have been grade school, or schooling age at the time. I would, yeah, I would say Natalie Portman. Yeah, you're right. Oh, um, nice. She was finishing up, um, high school, um, when, I think she was having, like, finals, um, during the New York City premiere of the film. <laughs> So she could not attend because she had to finish um, high school, Um, which it's just weird to think about. Um, But yeah, like, obviously, I mean, she's an 18 year old girl. She's got to finish high school. Yeah, like probably uh, 18. She's a senior. So finals definitely were really important for her. Although I doubt she actually needed much of the <laughs> what her school provided her i mean with, with unless the, she was like acting well, but. after the success of phantom menace then <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right my next trivia question who is credited as playing jabba the hut in the credits oh mm. daniel day lewis <laughs> Um, I was gonna stop you earlier, but it's actually a, it's actually a trick question. Jabba the Hutt is listed as playing as played by himself. Really? Yes. What? <laughs> and I found that really really funny. Huh? That's weird. It's just Jabba the Hutt himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor guy who had to do that and got no credit for it. But... it well, it, it's just for this movie though. Oh, okay, gotcha. Just for this movie. Was it unanimous? Like, did the same voice actor do Jabba the Hutt over, like, the course of Star Wars, do you think? I have no clue. Did I mean, I... have a line in Phantom Menace? I think he kind of just, like, bit he... the head off a lizard and, like, snored. Yeah. I think that's about it. Oh, yeah. Oh, I don't know yeah. if he did say anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I suppose if you don't have any lines, then you don't really need to be listed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, my next question um, I'm curious to see if either of you will know this. What other actor was considered... Actually, I shouldn't even say actor. What other celebrity was considered to play the role of Mace Windu? Obviously, we know Samuel, yeah, L. Jackson Samuel L. Jackson played it in the films. But before that was finalized... Ooh, that's tough. I'll, it was another black actor. Okay. Or um, celebrity. Celebrity. Um... The way you keep saying celebrity makes it think it's not an actor. Makes that me think it was not, he's not an actor. I don't remember his name off the top of my head. No, he was not a he was not a comedian. Mm. At least not primarily. Uh, I'm 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 giving up. I I don't have any sort of guesses. All right. Before Samuel L. Jackson was cemented in time and history as the actor who played Mace Windu, Tupac Shakur was no very way. interested in playing the role of Mace Windu. Oh, so he he was he was he was interested in auditioning. Like Tupac was was interested in auditioning or was yeah. he being oh. And well, he was interested in playing the part and they were considering him. Um because oh, wow. of the interest that he took in it. Uh, because apparently Tupac was a giant Star Wars nerd. That's he, so cool. Yeah, he really wanted to be in the movie. Wow. Um, I don't think his death had anything to do with him not getting cast um, as Mace Windu. I think he, Samuel L. Jackson was cast before he had died. But hmm. yeah, that's just, it's just, I honestly, it's very hard for me to watch uh, bits of the prequels now with Mace Windu in them. Because now I just, I wish, like... Because that would have been really cool. I wish, like, what other universe is out there where Tupac plays Mace Windu? I want to live in that I universe. I want to live in that universe, <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. It's See, just, what a lost, what a lost. The only disappointing thing about Samuel L. Jackson being in the movie is that he does not talk about the Avengers Initiative. <laughs> he does not recruit anybody. No. And also does not drop a single F-bomb. <laughs> he would have been... <laughs> Okay. Obviously, we can't swear on the radio. No, we but can't. But he had the F word 
engraved on his lightsaber <laughs> while being ca- um bad mother f word oh. engraved onto his lightsaber prop um during the uh the filming that's um, a power move I, I believe he kept it too i think he still got it I, w- I if there was any prop that i could steal, steal from a star wars set it would be a lightsaber yeah he really he really went all out and like got it genuinely customized so. we love that for him yeah that's really right. funny Kind of hopping off of that with my last question. Um, this movie contains an inconsistency regarding the lightsabers used by Jedi that is not ever really touched in the other movies. What is it? Mm. Isn't it the coloring of the lightsabers? It does not have anything to do with the color, no. Uh, inconsistency. So, like, are you saying from, like, scene to scene the lightsabers switched? Or, like between this movie no to the it's next more one. like it's more like a fact about the lightsabers that is not kept consistent throughout the oh. other movies shoot i don't know okay so in other movies lightsabers are seen to cauterize a wound as soon as it makes contact with bot uh, with a body like when um darth when darth vader cuts off luke's hand there's no really no blood it's just a stump mm-hmm. but in this movie there is visible blood seen when um, when um, Obi Wan cuts Darth Maul in half. There is like a blood. It's it's it, CG blood. It's but it's, it's weird. Still, it's like a powder. That yeah, like puffs it's almost like he air. just like poof. Like he yeah. just like it's very weird. But it's still technically considered blood, even though it's kind of a it's it was kind of a proven fact in the other movies that lightsabers. Um, Cauterize. They they um they deal damage and also cauterize wounds so that there's no blood, and I think that was also done to keep a PG rating on the movie. Oh yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. But sure. yeah, that was just kind of a weird little factoid that I found interesting. Oh, interesting, yeah. All right, uh, next question: How many total shots were there in this film that featured no special effects whatsoever? Ooh. Purely natural, was not touched up with any CGI. I would have to say not many. Because there's a lot of characters that are completely CG. Mm-hmm. Even in like um even in like the um outside like extra scenes, like there are some CG characters. Yeah. Caitlin, you gotta guess? Oh. A number? A number? Um I don't know, probably less than twenty or thirty. If, I don't know if it's a trick question. <laughs> uh, no, it's not a trick question. Oh, it is just. I can think of at least one scene that doesn't have any CGI extras in it. The the opening crawl. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> no, the one where they're like on the ship and they're talking to Padme. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, I, I guess that. I guess. Pretty confident that there's no CGI characters in that one. From what I read online, so this is it's possible this could be wrong. I don't know where the where they're getting their information from. Apparently there was only one shot in the movie that featured no special effects. And one. the only shot that didn't feature special effects was the shot of um gas pouring out of an air vent. Um it's about it's like a second and a half long shot. And And that's the only one. Apparently, yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and I I suppose like even with that like you know in the ship where they're talking to Padme, um, yeah, I w- I wonder if they didn't have to use CGI just for like the, some like of the, the interior or the like if there's, a, if there's a window or something. Right, I think the backgrounds of the ship might have been um might have been modified at least slightly. Right, because it would probably would have been green screen that they shot those on. Um, and I suppose that you would count that as a special effect. Yeah, I I would count green screen as a CGI effect. Yeah, but so yeah, so that was very interesting. Yeah, um, to find that out. Although I'm pretty like I'm sure that's how it is nowadays with like Marvel movies. Oh yeah, I'm sure there's very few non CGI laden shots mm-hmm. anymore. So. Yeah. Well, that's all the questions I have. Do you have anything else? Uh, I have one more. Oh, you do. How many lines of dialogue does Darth Maul have? Did you, did you <laughs> say earlier that it was only like two? I think it might be around that. So I'm going to ballpark four. You going with two? Sure. It's three. Three! Yeah. He's right got in the middle. three Dang lines. It. And I could not tell you what those lines are. <laughs> um, at last we will have our revenge. I think that's one. One of them at least. Um, he goes, <laughs> when he gets sliced in half. 
Uh, I don't know if uh, Google's counting that as a line of dialogue. That's no line. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But Three. his special effects look great. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we talked about his appearance for a long time already. But yeah, yeah. I guess then we can kind of move into our final thoughts and our overall reviews for this movie. Yeah. Um, Caitlin, would you like to start? Sure. So I think overall, this movie, as much as it does have quite a few problems, I'm sure for its time, the CGI and the special effects were probably, like, revolutionary. But at the same time, if you compare them to the originals, which came out before them, the originals look way better. And the characters don't act like cardboard like they do in the prequels. Totally. And they yeah. don't have annoying characters. Like... The people from the originals are actually likable characters, and it's a good story, whereas the prequels really fall short on that. Yes, I, I, I agree with that. <laughs> yeah. So how um, how would you rate this movie out of 10? This is, this is kind of how we end the episodes, is rating each movie out of 10. Oh, boy, out of 10? Um, I don't know, probably zero. <laughs> <laughs> I, I legitimately don't like it. <laughs> no redeeming quality. <laughs> Just Dang. zero. All right. Do you want to go next or me? Uh, sure, I can go next. Um, this movie is poo-poo. <laughs> it is not good. Um, very few, if any, redeeming qualities. You really have to stretch to find something other than the music. Music is hands down fantastic. You don't have to pretend or stretch the imagination for that. Everything else <laughs> is just a mess. Um, and I am not, you know, this is not... Uh, an original thought or opinion. This is, this has been echoed by thousands of fans for probably 21 years now. So I am not the first, and I will definitely not be the last, to say that this movie is awful, awful, awful. And I'm giving it a 2 out of 10. <laughs> All right. Now here's me about to sound real stupid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm... I'm one not to be, like, too critical about movies. Like I like I said before, like, it, a lot goes into making a movie, and not and not all of those facts should completely go, to, go, go out the window because this movie is not not that great. But, um, but yeah, I do have to kind of second what's already been said. Like, there, there is definitely more that has, that is not good with this movie than is good with this movie. Um, and as much as I love it for nostalgia reasons, like for watching it, and like we mentioned before, like there's, I mean, I was first exposed to the Star Wars franchise through the Lego Star Wars games. Oh, really? So, but like the the entire nostalgia of Star Wars lies with this movie for me. Sure. And so I'm going to leave it at a generous three out of 10. Okay. That's, that's a very legitimate point because this is, our parents would have grown up with the yeah. original Star Wars, mm -hmm. and this is our generation's. Obviously, we weren't old enough to see it in the theaters, but these were the ones that were soonest to the times that we were growing up. They mm -hmm. would have been the most recent anyways. Um, we probably were all mid-teenagers by the time the sequels started to come out. So, yeah, I think you're, a lot of people do like it for that reason. Um, it's just the first Star Wars that they were ever exposed to. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so for that, I I can understand why why someone might um, like this movie. Mm -hmm. um, maybe, yeah. you know, maybe more than others. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, I guess that's it from us. We just reviewed The Phantom Menace. It's a... Did some really good talking. I really like this. This episode was really, really fun. Thank you, Caitlin, for yeah. joining us. Yeah, thank you so much. And being here. Stay tuned for our next episode, which will be taking place next Monday, where Jack and I review The Evil Dead. Woo! I'm, I'm excited. So excited. I'm so excited <laughs> about that one. So we're keeping Spooky Month going on strong. And even though... It may only be for one more week that then spooky spooky month is over, but we do still plan to carry over spooky month into November a little bit because there's just so many movies that we want to talk about in such a short period of time where spooky stuff is acceptable. <laughs> yeah. But if we really can't think of any Thanksgiving movies besides Thanksgiving, we are not talking um, about Thanksgiving. And I don't think that Lauren no. wants to talk about those movies. It's so, so gross. I don't. If anybody, you know, if you if you, if anybody can recommend a good Thanksgiving movie, let us know. 
where, well, Jack, where are you going to tell us this information? Where am I going to tell you this information? Well, we have a Twitter account. Yes, we, we have do. an Instagram account. We have a Facebook account that is temporarily in. It's in the works. In the works. We're, it's in the works. Um, where you can send us questions, comments. Um, we will start posting more regularly on those. Yeah. So yeah, please feel free. We're still to go. working on getting our logo up on them and making sure everything's set in stone for everything. We also do plan to start um, posting on a YouTube channel where we're going to have kind of an archive of our episodes that we've done already. Um, like our first couple from Lights Out, our episode about killer clowns from outer space. Um, they may not all be the best quality because we didn't record um, the first couple episodes professionally, but... Um, I mean, you can still hear what we're talking about, so I guess that's what matters. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, like like uh, Caitlin said, we got to set the bar low so <laughs> we can seem better um, when we get our professional microphones. But no, yeah, um, this episode will be available on YouTube in a few days, and as well as our uh, a few of our older ones. Um, the Blade Runner episode was unfortunately lost. It was sadly um, lost, which is so sad because that was such a good episode. Yeah, so if you listen to that, you're one of the You're, you're one, one of the, the only ones. So, few. I mean, I guess that just gives us an incentive to redo that episode. I and, mean, uh, well, I mean, <laughs> if we discuss Blade Runner 2049, um, oh, yeah. uh, we can most definitely revisit yeah. aspects e- Evan of Evan will be coming back to the podcast. We we want we want Evan back. <laughs> as well as Caitlin. As well um, as Caitlin, the yes. The next time Caitlin comes back we will be reviewing attack of the clones is that right yes Yes. okay so i guess that's it from us all right good night guys have a good night